1971, at the age of 17, Juliana Kepka took a flight from her hometown of Lima, Peru to Pulcalpa, Peru with her mother that would forever haunt her and yet inspire those who hear her story. Juliana grew up in Lima, but in her teens, her parents, both scientists, established a biological research station, Panguana, exploring flora and fauna biodiversity and ecological relationships. Juliana herself was enthralled with her parents' work, and when she moved to Pulcalpa, she loved learning about the plant and animal life within the vast jungle. It was such a change in culture from the loud city of Lima, but she quickly adjusted to the shift and learned more about survival techniques from her exploration during these teen years than the vast majority of adults will ever learn. In order to graduate high school, Juliana would have to travel back to Lima with her mother for a short period of time. Maria, Juliana's mother, was eager to get back about a week before Christmas of that year, but the graduation ceremony for Juliana took place on December 23rd, and it was an occasion that Juliana did not want to miss. So they agreed to fly out on Christmas Eve. As is often the case for the holidays, flights were nearly all booked. But they did find one with the Peruvian airline Líneas Aéreas Nacionales S.A., or Lanza. They called Juliana's father, Hans Wilhelm Kepka, to let him know the details on when they'd be back. He was immediately very worried. Lanza was not the most reputable airline at the time. They were merely an eight-year-old business with flights limited to Peru, Honduras, and Miami. Yet they had two major and horrendous accidents that steered many away. The first of which was in 1966. Lanza Flight 501 was scheduled from Lima to Cusco in Peru when it crashed into a mountain just 10 minutes into the flight, killing all 49 people on board, 43 passengers, the pilot, and five other crew members. The airline suspended all activity for several months to reorganize. But then in 1970, yet another major accident took place when Lanza Flight 502 took off from Cusco, Peru, heading to Lima, Peru. It crashed shortly after takeoff due to lack of maintenance, overloading, and engine problems that were not addressed. 99 of the 100 people on board died, including 49 American high school exchange students, their teachers and family members, the daughter of Lima's mayor, the pilot and crew. Additionally, the Lockheed L-188A Electra aircraft struck two farm workers on the ground, killing them as well. The one survivor was co-pilot Juan Lu. The 26-year-old was badly burned, but lucky to be alive. To make matters worse regarding the airline's poor reputation by this point, evidence came out of a cover-up by Lance's employees, including a falsification of critical maintenance records, resulting in major fines and a 90-day suspension of the airline. With the memory of these headlines in his mind from just the year prior, it did not sit well with Hans Wilhelm, but his wife Maria was not willing to wait any longer. As planned, she boarded the flight with her daughter on the afternoon of December 24, 1971. 
Lanza Flight 508 boarded from Jorge Chavez International Airport. The weather was miserable, and beyond that, hazardous. The crew, however, was under pressure to meet the holiday schedule and not delay. So with some hesitancy, they got ready for an on-time takeoff. At 21,000 feet, the Lockheed L-188A Electra aircraft, the same model plane that crashed a year prior with the airline, began to experience some extreme turbulence. It only got worse, and then lightning struck the plane. As the bright flash illuminated the aircraft, Maria Kepka turned to her daughter with a tone somehow accepting of what would happen next and spoke, Ese es el final. Se acabo todo. Translated to, That is the end. It's all over. The plane was sent into a nosedive as passengers screamed for their lives. The engines roared. Then, in an instant, Juliana opened her eyes. The sound was now silent, other than the blow of the wind. She was buckled into her seat by her seatbelt, but now hanging upside down. She then lost all consciousness until the next morning. She woke up puzzled at first, with no recollection, but the reality then became apparent from her surroundings. She had survived a horrific plane crash, and the memories came flooding back. Her first instinct was to find her mother as she shouted for her alone in the jungle. She was in pain, but able to walk. The pain was almost secondary to finding her mother, not even realizing she had broken her collarbone, ruptured a ligament in her knee, and had deep wounds filling her entire body. As she walked around the jungle surrounded by scattered debris from the plane, she came across the most frightening sight she'd ever witnessed. Rows of seats were drilled all the way into the dirt from the impact, and only sticking out were people's legs and feet. She was horrified. Were any of these her mother? She wondered. She started to examine one of the now deceased woman's feet, but the toenails were painted and she immediately knew that it was not Maria. One thing became clear the more she searched. There was no other living human in the vicinity, only animals of the Amazon. What she had survived was the most fatal lightning strike of all time, a record that still stands in the Guinness Book of World Records. Had Juliana gone along with her mother and booked a flight on an earlier date, this never would have happened, and it was a strong possibility based on her surroundings, that her mother was now dead. Yuliana navigated through the Amazon in only one sandal and her torn clothes. Even worse than losing one sandal, she lost her glasses as well, and having very bad vision without them, it hindered her ability with depth perception. She had nothing to drink or eat but a bag of candy she found from the wreckage and a cake. But the cake was filled with mud, she attempted to eat some, but it was unbearable, so she tossed it. The indigenous people of the rainforest can survive off some of the land, including certain types of palms. She knew this, but in order to cut them to eat, they keep their machete handy, something Yuliana certainly did not have. 
As she tried to navigate a way out, she could hear planes overhead in the days following the accident. They may have been searching for her, but the forest was so dense there was no way for them to see her. Yuliana's knowledge of the jungle was very helpful. She would change direction in her search depending on where the birds were flying, knowing they were headed towards a body of water. The days continued on. She ate nothing, but also felt no hunger. With a habitat filled with the likes of jaguars, poisonous snakes, and tarantulas, Someone without Yuliana's background in jungle environments would be panicking. Yuliana somehow kept her cool, but was on the lookout more so for freshwater stingrays. These stingrays are of far greater danger. In Colombia alone, for example, over 2,000 injuries are reported every year. They're not always fatal, but with no medical help in sight, they likely would be for Yuliana if she were to get stung by one. After several days, she noticed that the wounds covering her arms were as deep as one could imagine. And now, not only were bugs crawling on her rotting flesh, but maggots had been hatched right inside the wounds, the result of having no medical supplies to disinfect or cover the injuries. She found what little clean water that she could to drink, but looked out for any harmful creatures. After several days, though, and... Going delirious, Kepka came across a poisonous frog, and though she knew it to be venomous from her knowledge from Panguana, she began to not care, and with the frog in the palm of her hand, she began to move her mouth towards it to eat. Somehow, though, her better judgment stopped her in the last moment, and she decided to carry on and let it go. It wasn't until nine days that she actually came across an abandoned tent containing a few supplies. Pouring some gasoline she found on her wound was enough to at least get the maggots to vacate. It was a good sign that she was closer to civilization. After 11 whole days absolutely alone, the 17-year-old's recent high school grad came across three lumbermen. Yuliana had pale white skin with the exception of the deep wounds on her. Yuliana's complexion from her German ancestry was not something often seen by the darker-skinned workers indigenous to the region. On top of that, shining bright red were her bloodshot eyes. The men at first actually believed they'd seen a forest demon. Upon realizing that this certainly wasn't the case, they came to her aid, treated her, and helped her get airlifted right away to a hospital. She was thankful, but also was losing hope that there were remaining survivors, including her mother. Following the crash, Lanza, the airline immediately ceased all operations, and after only a few days, on January 4, 1972, the Peruvian government revoked the company's operating license. As Juliana recovered, on January 12, 1972, the body of Maria Kepka was found. After an investigation, it was discovered that, like Juliana, her mother had survived the crash, but was trapped and died after several days. It is believed that as many as 14 other passengers survived the crash and were scattered around the jungle, but similarly died, like Maria.
a torturous way to go. As more debris and bodies were found, it became evident that of the 92 people on board, only Yuliana remained alive. The story became an absolute phenomenon and was shared throughout the media landscape for decades that followed. Two years after the crash, the Italian film I Miracoli Accadono Ancora was released, translated as Miracles Still Happen for its English adaptation. The film was panned by Kepka herself, though, with its portrayal of her being naive to the realities of the jungle, when in actuality, she kept her calm around all different kinds of animals, thanks to her years of real-world experience in such an environment. 25 years after the crash, documentary filmmaker Werner Herzog approached Juliana Kepka with an interest in a documentary telling her story in her own words and revisiting the site of the accident. Herzog had a particular interest in the story due to the fact that during the filming of his historical drama movie Aguirre, The Wrath of God, he was planning to be on the same flight, but a last-minute change happened that likely saved his life. In the film, Wings of Hope, still available on YouTube, Yuliana goes back to the Amazon, and amazingly, huge parts of the plane all these years later were still there somehow, never disposed of, nor relocated to preserve a piece of history. In the documentary, Kepka reveals that the entire plane was assembled of spare parts from other aircrafts, leading her to believe that a better assembled aircraft may have had a very different outcome. Herzog also introduces Kepka to one of the great lumbermen who rescued her all those years ago, and Kepka gets the chance to finally thank him. He is the only man still alive of the three. The crash later inspired documentary shows on outlets like the Discovery Channel, full-length books, as well as excerpts in various survival books, and then in 2011, Yuliana decided to put pen to paper to tell the story entirely on her own to mark the 40th anniversary of the crash with the book When I Fell from the Sky, the true story of one woman's miraculous survival. The book was also released in her native tongue of German. Beyond becoming a published author, Kepka followed in her parents' footsteps as scientists and became a mammologist, also publishing a thesis for the Ludwig Maximilian University of Munich. On November 21st of 2000, her father, Hans Wilhelm Kepka, passed away. The well-respected zoologist, ornithologist, and herpetologist with notable honors, including having a species of Peruvian lizard named after him, was 86 when he died. Things came full circle when she got to take over as director of Panguana following the event, the beloved biological research station she grew up with. It was thanks to her parents that Panguana educated her about the dangers and also her love of the jungle. Being the only living person after such a horrific tragedy understandably comes with a great deal of survivor's guilt. For years, she had nightmares and says she will always be haunted by the question of why she was the only survivor. What we do know is that if it wasn't for Yuliana's extensive experience in such an environment, she may not have survived. Her smart thinking and determination are celebrated 50 years later 
as a testament of the human spirit's will to survive by any means necessary, even in the very worst of scenarios. Thank you for tuning in to another exciting installment of In the Wild. To hear more captivating stories of real-life survival, hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Stay prepared because you never know when you may find yourself in the wild.